When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, cool. I'm up. Just saw one of my friends, one of my best friends, stop by to say hello. He's up here on business and work. So that was kind of cool. Um, and we're live from Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. Bet 50 bucks, play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for 30 Uh Jason, let me know if we get Steve Palazzolo. Oh, great. Steve Palazzolo, profootballfocus.com, PFF. No, PFF.com, with Pro Football Focus. NFL Insider, he's got the podcast. They've got the site that makes it all happen for the NFL and college football and the NFL draft. So let's talk some NFL with Steve Palazzolo on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, Steve, what did you make of Dak? Prescott's performance in the Dallas Cowboys offense against a good Jets defense last weekend. No, I thought it was good. I thought I thought Dak played a, a clean game other than that one throw he did get away with. The pass along the sideline that Sauce Gardner got his hands on looked like it um, could have been a pick six. But um, other than that, I thought Dallas did a nice job doing what Josh Allen should have done on Monday Night Football. Just not losing the game against the, you know, and letting your defense, you know, dominate against the Jets' offense. So I thought they did a good job of taking the under, underneath stuff, high percentage completions, moving the ball. I thought Dallas did a nice job scheming up CD Lamb, and um, you know, even without Brandon Cooks in there, uh, finding a way to move the ball and just just not losing the game because, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson and the Jets probably weren't going to be able to do much. So um, I think it. It shows the stupidity sometimes of looking at just interception totals like we did last year with Dak Prescott. Of course, that right. if Sauce Gardner just catches the ball and runs straight, it's a pick six, and people are talking about it. But because Sauce dropped it, we're not talking about it. And last year, there was the opposite at times, right, where passes were dropped and tipped up and they were intercepted. It's really stupid just talking about interception totals. But um, the real context there was Dak got away with one, but other than that, played a, a really, really clean game last Sunday. Okay, Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com, Pro Football Focus. Check out their site today as you get ready for uh, tonight's game, Giants 49ers, but another another big weekend, week three of the NFL. Dak and the Cowboys are 2-0. and They play at Arizona, 325 our time on Fox, and they're a 12-point favorite. What what are you and, and the crew at Pro Football Focus seeing when you look at Mike McCarthy and the way that he's calling plays for the Cowboys and Dak, Steve? I thought, you know, early on they were kind of pass-heavy. It, 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 I saw someone else, I'm going to steal a take, but 
I did see someone else kind of lay out, hey, maybe McCarthy's just doing a good job of uh, attacking weaknesses. And, you know, certain weeks we're going to run the ball, other times we're going to pass the ball. So I think that part's good. Um, I think there's there, the, the thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on is if, if when there's man coverage, there's not always uh, schemed open plays necessarily against tight man coverage. That was kind of an issue with McCarthy at the end of Aaron Rodgers' run there. To be honest, it's it's tough to really judge McCarthy at the moment because you have two games so far, one where the game flow got out of hand very quickly against the Giants, and another one where, like I said, you're it's almost like you're starting with a 10-point lead. I know they're not playing the game like that, you know, the actual game, but you feel that way going up against the Jets with the defense that you have. You know, they were just trying not to lose it. So it's really tough to judge a whole lot other than – as a head coach, he does. He gets to manage the entire game flow a little bit, and he's had a couple of games where he could just be conservative and not lose the game. And that, you know they've done that to this point. Okay, that, that's fair enough. So they're still, you know, when they get into the battles, um, they draw some very tough opponents coming up, and they're either down or it's a tight game. Basically, what you're saying is we're going to see more. I mean, he hasn't. Yeah. They haven't been under a lot of duress, although they were under a little duress against the Jets. Is that fair? Yeah, and, and again, against the Jets, I think they did a nice job of saying, "Hey, look, we've got they've got a really good pass rush. Uh, we're going to rely on the quick hitting pass game to move the ball, get the ball out of our hands quickly." Kind of like when you were facing uh, old school Seattle, where they had the fierce pass rush. They it was very difficult to throw over the top of them, but if you just works the horizontal game, the lateral game underneath, you can move the ball, and it feels like that's what uh, Dallas was doing against this Jets defense on Sunday. Okay. What, what do you make of the touches for Tony Pollard? You're good? Too many? How do you see it? Um, I, no, I think it, I mean, it's a lot. But uh, it is funny because that's, you know, after years of saying, hey, just give him the ball more, I think sometimes we do forget when you are the change of pace back, it is, I mean, it's easier to look good on 10 to 12 carries. And, you know, not taking anything away from Tony Pollard when it's, you know, 14 carries for 80 yards, that's probably his sweet spot. Um, But, again, it's the game flow thing. At the end of the day, I don't know. We have have 27 carries. I don't know what the official number was. I'm including negated plays there. Um, But you get into that point where you the the defense knows you're running. You know you're running. You're just running out the clock. It's going to hurt the stats overall so i think that's part of the hit for pollard um i probably wouldn't want him taking as many carries but again that's just kind of like how the game how the game went right dallas was playing uh you know run the clock for uh you know about half the game there right all right steve palazzolo pro football focus pff.com um tell me what you've been working on this week that you're most fired up about with pff whether it was a podcast topic or something that y'all posted on the site? Oh, man. Um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about around the NFL. I think the Justin Fields saga with the Bears is uh, not a fun one to discuss, but just like... Okay, man, well, let, there's, let, there's, let's talk about that. What what You can do that in the NFL. You can't do that in college. You can't say that, um, you know, my, my coach is dog poo-poo. So, so Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears, what did you make of what he said... When he kind of said, hey, we're not, blah, 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 and then he said coaching. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw uh, Mitchell Schwartz 
former chief kind of being honest about it, saying, hey, fans and media want players to be honest. And then when they're honest, you know, it's like, oh, big story. Justin Fields trashes his coaches. I mean, he's basically just saying, like, like any athlete, that I'm thinking too much. And so the way things are taught from offensive coordinator Luke Getze, he, you know, he's basically saying, hey, he's putting too much on my plate as far as being, uh, look at this and then look at this. And if you see this, you do that. And, and so that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. So I think it's just, it's not like the coaches are bad. It's just, Hey, they need to play to my strengths better, which is see this and then do that. Right. Keep it simple. Do one, think about one thing instead of six on a given play. Now you could argue a quarterback has to do that regardless. And if you're not doing that, well, you're going to be in trouble, but clearly Justin Fields wants to play a little bit more reactionary. And whatever is happening is not working. You know, if you watch the game on Sunday and you see, we always talk about quarterback sacks are not a product of the offensive line. It really is a product of the quarterback overall. There are so many plays where there are open receivers, open receivers to the side of the field where Justin Fields is looking, open touchdowns, and he's holding the ball for five seconds and then getting sacked and fumbling. I mean, it was just atrocious overall. And I'm not saying it's all Justin Fields' fault, but clearly – However, they're t- teaching him to read concepts, to read defenses, whatever it might be, it needs to be simplified because he's not playing fast and he is a fast, dynamic player. So that's what I heard. I mean, I don't think it was blaming the coaches. It's just, hey, whatever style we're using to read the field right now is not working. And look, that's not news. We can all see that on Sunday. So obviously something needs to change. Wow. All right, Palazzolo, I like that. I, I... I don't mean to blow smoke, but that was a great way of framing that up with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Will you say real quick what you said about uh, when quarterbacks get sacked? Yeah, so like in the analytical community, we talk a lot about the, the sacks. Sacks are basically a QB-driven stat. And I know for fans, and I, I did this for years too, the initial reaction is, oh, that guy got sacked five times. The offensive line is terrible. Um, and that could be true. Um, but when the offensive line gives up pressure or they blow a block or whatever it might be, uh, there's a difference when, you know, Patrick Mahomes hardly ever gets sacked because he's a magician at avoiding sacks, feeling the pressure. And that's not a, you know, compliment to his offensive line. It's just, it's him avoiding those sacks. Justin Fields was holding the ball for five seconds, not even being pressured and waiting for a sack to come in. You know, that's, that's not on the offensive line. So the quarterback's sack total is actually a very consistent number for them year over year, and no matter who's blocking for them. So just, you know, Deshaun Watson, put a, I put this stat out there this week, Deshaun Watson has been sacked more than Patrick Mahomes over the last two years. And in case we forgot, Deshaun Watson was suspended for 12 games during that time period. Wow. So he's got a quarter of the dropbacks, and he's been sacked more than Patrick Mahomes. And it's not because the Cleveland Browns have a bad offensive line. They have a pretty good offensive line. So it's on Watson. It's on the quarterback. So we just have to remember that the quarterback controls how quickly they get rid of the ball, how they feel pressure, how they avoid it. Um, yeah, but getting rid of the ball is the most important part of avoiding getting sacked, and that's not really an offensive line issue. Okay, and that's what made Tom Brady so special, getting uh, understanding when to get rid of the football, Steve? And Drew yeah, Brees? absolutely. I mean, I think Brady and Brees were both outstanding at that, and Mahomes is, but in a different style. That was one thing when you put uh, Peyton Manning also outstanding at that. Um, Aaron Rodgers was has not been for the, for a lot of his career. Aaron Rodgers has 
uh, invited pressure quite a bit and probably taking too many negative plays. And that doesn't show up in Aaron Rodgers' passer rating. His passer rating is still good. It doesn't uh, account for sacks. But I think Rodgers has been worse than, say, the Brady's, Breeze's, and Payton's of the world. There was also that ridiculous stretch. Uh, Dan Marino got sacked like six times one season or some insane number in a in an era when there was all seven-step drops and like you should have been getting sacked 40 times a year. That's incredible that Dan Marino was that good at that type of uh, sack avoidance. He was the best in the league every single year. So, um, yeah, just look to the quarterback when it comes to those sack totals sometimes. Wow. I didn't know we were going to stumble on this topic. Okay. <laughs> you never so, know. You never know where we're going to go. No, you don't. But but so the overwhelming majority of the time, sacks are on the quarterback, and it makes sense. And 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 I hope our Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans are listening because we've been debating some things. They're, all right, how about this, Steve Palzello? Because you cover at, not right now, but uh, certain times of the year, um, you and your team cover college football in the NFL draft. And I, I've, I listen to your podcast some this summer, and I listen to other NFL podcasts when I can of guys that I, I like and, and respect. Um, so I want to throw this out at you. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. What about do you, do you agree that right now in the game, it may have always been like this, Steve, but right now in the game, that there's more talent on the defensive lines at the college and NFL level than the offensive lines. Even though the game, modern football, is called in favor of the offense. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about it's kind of a more, there's more talent on defense, so you got to do what you were saying. you got to figure it out, know where the pressure's coming from, and get the ball out. What are your thoughts there, Steve? Oh, I definitely agree. There's more talent on the on the defensive line because – linemen are getting overall the last 20, 30 years, bigger, stronger, faster. Right. And then offensively as an offensive lineman, it doesn't actually matter if you're bigger, stronger, faster, you're you're in a more reactionary position anyway. The offensive line is less about athleticism and more about technique being in the right place. But defensive linemen, uh, you know, you have 280, 290 pounders rushing off the edge, moving around, rushing against guards, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I do. I agree with that. And then the other part is the way college offenses are. We've heard this a ton. You know, the offensive line development has been stunted a little bit. Um, I'm going to be, you know, crotch to the NFL guy that's like, those spread offenses in college, they're killing our offensive linemen. Uh, but there's, there's some truth to that because offensive linemen have to play in a three-point stance in the NFL. They have to do uh, – they have to pass protect a little bit better. And – in a different way. And in college, the other move in college is you're seeing a lot of three down linemen, three big down linemen with only one edge rusher. Whereas in the NFL, you always have two edge rushers. You always have both of your tackles, you know, needing to pass protect on any given play where in college, sometimes it's just one. So you actually don't get a ton of great one-on-one pass protection reps from college offensive linemen, from offensive tackles in particular. So they get to the NFL and it's like, hey, this guy gave up, you know, five pressures in his, you know, last season in college, but he wasn't really challenged. You're not facing Boses and Micah Parsons and you're not facing that many guys. So yeah, yeah, I think there's a ton of defensive line talent and the offensive line depth is is kind of hurting around the NFL. Okay. 
That makes sense. We're visiting with Steve Palazzolo. We're talking NFL, and we're live from Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can bet $50 at the sports book, play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, for $30. Steve Palazzolo joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Um, all right, let's go to the Saints. Let's let's do this. I have to because who that nation gets upset if we don't at least scratch around on this thing. Uh, Saints at the Packers. Lambeau. Still early. Jordan Love, Derek Carr. Saints didn't look great the other night, Monday night football, but they got a win on the road against Carolina. As you look at the, the line's only two points, Steve. Um, do you like Green Bay in this game or do you like the Saints? I think it's a really good game. I mean, I think both teams are just good overall. And, of course, you know, it's always going to come down to the quarterback situation. I, I, Jordan Love's interesting because our the PFF numbers aren't great for him, but his stats are out of this world, right? He's got six touchdowns. He's got no picks. But it's because if you look at his touchdowns, even just last week, he had a tap pass. That counts as a touchdown, little, you know, little touch pass. A wide-open pass in the flat. And then a really good pass that he threw for 15 yards, but his receiver breaks a tackle, runs into the end zone for a touchdown. So his stats are a little inflated. He also had a dropped interception that probably should have been a pick six. So you're talking about like two or three plays that completely change Jordan Love's perception. He's also been a little inaccurate throwing the ball down the field beyond 10 yards. Um, overall, still impressed by Jordan Love. I think he'll be fine. But I'm more impressed by Matt LaFleur and what he's done scheming it up for Green Bay and what their young playmakers have done. So I like Green Bay as a team. I think their defense is solid. They're, they they got the youth movement at receiver, and Love's playing well enough. And then the Saints, you know, with their defense, really impressed by their defense. At, you know, again, you know, how much of that is playing Ryan Tannehill? And Tannehill just had a rough week one. How much is that the, of, of that the Saints? And how much of it, you know, playing Bryce Young in week two? But the Saints, I always say, they can they can lock it down on the back end. Marshawn Lattimore is playing great. Um, I want to see more from Derek Carr, though. I mean, it's the same old Derek Carr where some weeks it looks good, other weeks you're left wanting more. They're going to need more from Carr because I think the playmakers in New Orleans, I'll say it every single week here, Rashid Shaheed and Chris Alave, that catch that Alave made the other day was absolutely incredible. It's filthy. Those guys can flip the game, right? When you For all the people that say, hey, it's a run the ball, stop the run, it's like, no, just chuck it up to Alave and Shaheed, and that's how you're going to create big plays. That's how you're going to score points. Uh, the Saints have the playmakers to put points on the board, so you need Carr to be more effective in the red zone. Um, so they have the pieces to, to score some points. I think they will at some point, but I think Carr is going to be a little bit more efficient. Who who would you rather have, Steve, on your team? And maybe this is a year from now because Alave is so young, but he's so good and talented. Who would you rather have as a general manager? Would you rather have Chris Alave or CeeDee Lamb? Oh man, uh, probably CD Lamb right now, but I, I would take Alave too. Like I, I don't know, none of those guys I don't think are Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, um, you know the elites of the elites, even AJ Brown. But I think they're right. all they're all true number ones. You know, Garrett Wilson could be up in that in that bucket. Oh, I, I had a theory last year. I thought every team there were five first round receivers in the top fifteen or whatever. I thought mm-hmm. every team may have gotten the top receiver on their board. Drake London to the Falcons, wow. Chris Olave to the Saints. Because you can you can make a case that Chris Olave was the best receiver. You can make a case that Garrett Wilson was the best receiver. He went to the Jets. You can make a case that people wanted Jamison Williams, who the Lions got, just because of his speed. 
So I think the Saints were thrilled to have Olave where they got him, and you're certainly seeing that on the field. He's he's got star potential. You know, I'll be interested when we talk to you in like I'm getting ahead of myself, but when we when we talk to you in like February, what you and your team at Pro Football Focus, what your take is on the Alabama foot Alabama Crimson Tide personnel, because I mean they they're still signing the same four and five star players, but they're not they don't look like they have any dudes and difference makers, and I don't I don't understand it. But anyway, all right, it's um, probably just the existence of QB, right? I mean, it's really they 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 lost out on their run of quarterbacks going from Tua to Matt to Bryce. To, you it's know, a good point. It, it could just be it. Yeah, it could be that. Okay, it could be that simple. Uh, we got one or two minutes here with Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. We're live from Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Uh, bet fifty dollars at the sports book. Play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, or either of the two courses, for $30. Uh, where do I, Oh, real quick, Bengals and Joe Burrow. They're 0-2. Is it time to, to hit the panic button, or no, Bo, it's too early? Um, it, it's a little panicky because the calf flared up. And if the calf injury is part of the reason why Burrow has not played well, and if that's going to end up missing some time or he's not going to be as effective, it's panic time. Other than that, I would not panic because they were 0-2 last year. We've seen them bounce back from failure before. We've seen Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase play much better than they have. So I'm only panicked because there's a calf injury in the mix here, and that could affect Burrow's performance going forward. Uh, oh, uh, one more, real quick, one minute. Anthony Richardson, he gets injured. Gardner comes in. Uh, did you think that the way he was producing, like, Teams would figure him out, and and there would be a, a, a major adjustment in the next couple of weeks. When y'all run um, I don't the numbers? think so. I thought I thought Richardson looked pretty good as far as again he he likes to play quarterback. He likes to go through his reads. He's just not great at throwing the football accurately. So it's going to look like hey, an NFL quarterback. They leaned into him as a runner. Obviously, that ends up getting him hurt. But I thought Richardson looked good before the injury, and Gardner Minshew was fantastic in relief. I think the all the all the people that that are being thrown out there for the Jets, maybe Gardner Minshew should be the guy that the Jets try to trade for if they're really trying to make a playoff. I would, I would. Uh, hey, do you think Sean Payton? Uh, th- all right, it's early. Do you think they figure it out, or he eventually is like, I'm moving off Russell Wilson because Sean Payton's a crazy man, but also brilliant. It looks so much like last year in that there's there's about a half of play in a bunch of games where Russell Wilson looks good. I think that's been the first two weeks. It's about a half at a time, but it's in and then it kind of disappears or it goes the other way. It's tough to figure out right now. They've got some injuries at receiver. I think Russ looks better than he did last year, but there's still chunks of the game where it's just so inconsistent and lacking. And I think Sean Payton's got to figure out how to how to avoid those lulls in uh, in Russell Wilson's game and throw the ball to Marvin Mims. Just keep throwing the ball deep to Marvin Mims. He's got two, you know, 120 yards or whatever on two catches last week. You got to use him more. Marvin Mims. All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thank you. Steve Palazzolo on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent in any of the 82 counties. In the state of Mississippi, hit favorites.com, F A V E, favorites.com, and you can save. We are live 
from Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Bet $50 at the Sportsbook. Play award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for $30. We're going to have a special guest coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds US Radio. back exclusively from Ag Up Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right. For a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details.